0: We're going to talk about all of the topics surrounding what it takes for you to step into your God-Goddess. Journey with me as we uncover all things living self-actualized and in your inherent divine God states. This podcast is about doing whatever it takes to develop and nourish the God in you. you, 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 you. Hello everyone, popping on really quickly to introduce you to Lori Kinsey. So Lori Kinsey has been a huge part of my spiritual journey and me getting to where I am now through this modality called the spiral. And we'll get into what exactly the spiral is later in the episode. But for now, I just want to introduce her. And it's really quite funny because On the very last episode of this podcast, I bring up the spiral and I batch work these episodes. So it wasn't planned for me to have this work out this way, but it just so happened that I ended up interviewing Lori much later on from the last months after the last podcast that I recorded. And she just so happens to be, her episode is going live the week after I mentioned her on the previous episode. So it's just kind of funny how that works. It's like all in perfect timing. And what I want to say about Lori is that she is an advanced spiral practitioner. And like I mentioned, we're going to get into exactly what that means in this episode and why it matters. And she's also a human trafficking activist and a domestic survivor. So through her work as an advanced spiral practitioner, Lori has helped hundreds of souls break the cycle of ancestral and generational domestic abuse. Along with her passion for doing this with domestic abuse survivors, she also has a huge passion for helping visionary leaders. She has helped hundreds of visionary leaders from across the globe connect to their true authentic selves, unweaving the conditioning of their past and empowering their ability to fully step into their gifts so that they can impact the world in order for it to be a better place. So I'm super pumped to be able to give you this episode because she's a good friend of mine and so much of the work that we've done together has just deeply impacted my life. So without further ado, here is the interview with Lori Kenzie. So just to start this, i just like to say welcome to the She's a God podcast, Lori Kinsey. Thank you. I am so honored to be here. This is exciting. Yes, I'm super excited because right when I started to think about doing this podcast, like you're the first person that literally popped into my mind. I was like, I have to get Lori on here so that we can talk about the spiral, which we're going to get into. But just to give a little background, I do want to just say that like Lori and I, we met back in 2021 and it really just stemmed from me being in a place where I was just super ready for like the next thing. Like I feel like that's so many people on the spiritual journey can know what I'm talking about. I was just ready for the next up leveling of self and to just like. I knew I had blocks and I was just so over it and I was just asking like I need something and the spiral came and then I remember googling it like okay what is this because the spiral modality just dropped in and it was like a soul yes to do it and I remember when I was like finding practitioners you were like the first person that I found and I was like right away especially being a manifesting generator I had that feeling like from my body I was like like, yes, I was like, this is who it is. So right away, I messaged you. And then from there, we went on, it took me a year to get through the spiral, which we're going to let you guys know what the spiral is, we're going to jump into all of that in this podcast episode, which is actually the core of the reason why I want to do this is because the spiral was just so like, life changing for me, it literally changed my life. Like, had I not gone to the that through that program, I through that offering and that modality, I know for a fact I would not be sitting here doing this podcast right now. Like there's just no way. Like I had way too many blocks, way too many like mental constructs in my mind that were just always stopping me from showing up and finding this was just Everything, And that's why it was so important for me to get this information on the podcast so that people can fully dive into this energy here and everything that you bring through the spiral modality. So the first thing I'd like to just ask is just to get everybody clear on what we're talking about is what is the spiral modality?
1: Oh, my gosh, that's such a loaded question. But I do have to say, Jen, it has been so incredibly beautiful to witness your journey. And I'm really excited that we will be diving into a little bit of your journey because I feel the same way about the spiral. When you talk about how how you say that you haven't, you do not think you would be where you are today. Oh my gosh. I remember, remember when we first met and I remember all the things that you were talking about that you were just done with. You were just done living that way and we were able to bust through all of these limiting beliefs and all of these unconscious and subconscious blocks. And, and it has just like catapulted you into this next expansion and version of who you are. And it has been bigger than I even expected.
0: It's been so beautiful. So good. Thank you. Thank you so much. But yeah, that it really was just life changing. And the whole like core of this me wanting to do this podcast is really all about like sharing these types of things with people. And I think a lot of them are too hidden. Um, A lot of them are too inaccessible. The spiritual journey is already hard enough. And it's kind of like then to just when you're trying to find things that are going to help you and you're trying to find things that are real, that are actually going to make a difference in your life. For me, it's like, I have to talk about the spiral. Like I have to get Lori on here and we need to talk about this. So yes. So yes, please tell us about the spiral modality and what what it means for you and like what the actual modality is. Oh my gosh.
1: Okay, so the spiral modality, it is this deep, deep transformational work where you go in and you just clear these unconscious, and Subconscious can like limiting beliefs and conditionings, like all your emotional baggage that you're just done with. That you, to be honest with you, you don't even know what it is, you have zero clue what it is because it is in the unconscious. So, how can you change? Like, you want to change, but how do you change when you don't know what it is that you need to change? The spiral modality we use different maps and models to actually get to the root cause of what that conditioning is, like, like basically that energetic imprint, we can get to the exact moment of when that energetic imprint was actually imprinted within your being, because that's where it all kind of builds off of, right? That's kind of where all of your emotional baggage and all of your shit and all the things that you go through and the patterns that you have, just all stems from that. And more than likely, it's not always, in fact, in my first spiral journey, a lot of it actually happened in my adult life. It wasn't in my childhood. But in most often cases, it is between the ages of zero and seven, or even um, when you are in the womb. And even at conception, even at conception, we can find when there has been energetic imprints that can be little pieces of trauma or big pieces of trauma that have happened that has now changed the way that you think. It's created new neural pathways that and that's why you kind of get stuck in these loops and in these patterns. So it's very, very different because from everything else. And the reason why I say this, everything else does work for other people, right? Everybody has their own little modality that they, that they are like, yes, this is it. But for me, when I found the spiral, it just, it blew everything else out of the water because it was rapid, rapid change, rapid transformation, rapid change, because we use many maps and many modalities. So, and, or not modalities, but models. Let me put it that way. We use many maps and models to just get straight to what it is. And then we integrate what we have cleared. You know, I love talk therapy. I think it is really great for finding your patterns, but then what do you do after that? What do you do after you find your pattern? You, for me, I'll just tell you what happened with me when I was in talk therapy. I only did it once or twice because it just wasn't really working for me. I had experienced experienced so much trauma in my life that every time I went to a talk therapy session, I would spend 45 minutes like reliving my past. And what happens when you are in a fight, flight, freeze or fond state, then you are literally igniting that in your body again. Your body actually starts to think you're in those situations again. And it starts releasing those, those chemicals into the body. And then I don't know, you can tell me if, any, if anyone here resonates or not, but it's like, I would leave those talk therapy sessions all stressed out again, all stressed out, all frazzled, not feeling calm, none of those things. And then I would go for months until I went to my next session going, well, what do I do now? And then we spent the last probably 15, 20 minutes of my 45 minute session, just getting caught up again, reliving things again. Anyway, we really didn't get anywhere. But it is really good for patterns and identifying patterns and understanding how you work and how you think in that way. But it usually takes a very long time to get there. And in the meantime, you're strengthening that traumatic experience, that neural pathway. Now, I will say that if you are not in that state, if you're not in a fight-flight-free state, you're from a healed state and you do go to something like talk therapy, totally different experience. You're not recreating that experience. You're not reliving that experience. That's a totally different podcast. <laughs> but in, yeah, but for this one, I mean, that's why it didn't work for me. I would, nothing was working for me. I kept finding myself in the same place because I wasn't truly healing and breaking those patterns, if that makes sense at all. I kept just putting myself back into those states.
0: Yeah. And I remember you saying it was like, when I was asking you, like, oh, you know, when we did sort of the pre um interview, it's just like an interview when we were getting to know each other. And I remember you were saying that it's basically it can be like seven years of therapy, like just in one session. And that is really, truly how I felt. And that's why I'm basically obsessed with the spiral modality is because it is so rapid. Like it is rapid change. And like the one thing that I I tell people too when they ask me about it is I'm like, it is not for punks. Like it is not for people who are, are not ready to go through it and to be like, what is this like block that I'm having, face all the shit and purge, literally go through a process of like coming out of it, which can be so hard because there's a lot of like emotional release, a lot of purging. I was just sharing with Lori before, We jumped on to do the podcast, we were just catching up. And I was telling her about how I was had recently at a full moon ceremony, a lot of my spiral journals, because I felt like I was done. And just reading back on those, I was just like, Oh, my gosh, like the amount of stuff that I purge out of me from the spiral modality was insane. And what really gets me with the spiral, what really kind of like blows my mind is like that it's so true that the emotions are trapped in the body and everything is imprinted. And until you are able to get yourself through some type of modality or through something that can follow that emotional pathology to take you through like whatever, find where it's stuck in your body. And then you go through a process of you like rob the acupuncture point of like where that is connected to through the organs and the body and, you know, reaffirm and release that, like until you go through that process, it's like, you just have to do it in order to see, to just know like, oh my gosh, like, and then when you come out on the other side of it, it's just, it's mind blowing. It is mind blowing and it's not, it's not for the weak.
1: And I'm not saying it's like super hard because it, it it is, but it's in its own way, right? It's kind of like that storm. It's kind of like that storm and you can actually see yourself coming through the storm and out the other side. And you're like, there's this whole new way of being. The only thing I can really describe is freedom. You start to have freedom to really, truly be who you are in an authentic way. And I don't think a lot of us, I mean, from the time we're born, we're being told how to be, right? From the time we're born, we are being conditioned by our parents, by our teachers, our religion. I mean, it doesn't matter what it is. TV, I mean, all the things, right? We're told not to be who we really want to be like who we truly are. But when you start to release those things in all the ways, and then you start to integrate by actually implementing. So basically with the spiral, I guess maybe I should say this, it's a deconstruction process. That's really what it is. It's a deconstruction process of all the things that you ever knew about yourself. And then we integrate by using integration activities that actually implement inspired action. So by the time you're done with your spiral journey, you are literally living in a completely different way in a way that's authentic to you and all the bullshit is just gone.
0: It just is. The blocks are gone. Like the facade is over. It's like you're fully authentically Yourself, and that's just it. And it's just like, oh my God. Like, it was seriously the most mind blowing experience I've ever gone through. Besides, I had like a full blown Kundalini awakening. That was pretty scary, but like, this is that's not a whole other thing. But like, this is the most transformative thing I've ever done in my life with doing the spiral modality. And like, I'm so happy that I found it because it literally shifted everything for me and it changed everything for me. So I want to ask, how did you get here? Like, how did you get from where you were um, to like where you are today with doing Spiral? Oh my gosh. Okay. So a
1: little bit of my history is that I, I am a domestic violence survivor. I am an extreme case of domestic violence and I had zero clue. Zero clue that I was, first of all, even in an abusive relationship, let alone a violent one that was also an extreme case so we can get into that a little later but honestly I I was living this life that was pretty perfect on the outside it was pretty perfect like just looking at it I was I actually was in an extremely loving marriage I this was my second marriage I had two children that were doing well I had two dogs I own my own house I mean all these things but I wasn't happy. Like I wasn't happy. I was content but I didn't have any kind of dreams or aspirations. I felt I actually thought I was going through like a midlife crisis at some point going, oh, is that too early (laughs) to be doing that? I just felt this like emptiness and thinking there was more for me to do. I mean, I've always been really successful in my careers, but even there, I wasn't feeling I wasn't feeling in purpose. (laughs) That's actually what it was. And I ended up working with a mentor, Leah Steele, and she actually is the one who introduced me to the spiral. She is the one who actually was like, oh my gosh, this is, this is happening. She went through it actually while I was in a mentorship with her. And then she became a practitioner and then introduced me to it. And I literally saw the transformation happen with everyone that I was doing this mentorship with. And I thought, oh, I need to, I need to look into this. I need to see what this is. When you talk about the spiral being the equivalent of seven years of talk therapy or self-development or anything like that, it's true. It just, it blows everything out of the water because it literally goes through the 22 most common emotions like shame, guilt, dogma, joy, happiness, like love, anger. It goes through pride. It goes through everything. And when I actually learned more about this. And I saw everyone transforming around me. I mean, I was sitting there going, I can't even keep up with these people. What's going on? (laughs) Like they were just catapulting into this next version of who they are. And I thought, okay, I need to do this. And when I did it, I did not expect my domestic violence experiences to come up. That is not what I expected because I thought I had healed. I mean, it had already been like 14 years or something like that. I mean, yes, I was still experiencing trauma from that because it does not stop if anyone's ever been in a domestic violence or abuse situation, and you have children with the your person, the trauma doesn't stop, it just continues to happen, usually. So that's actually what was all discovered. Now, everything that was revealed was the experiences that I had in my first marriage. And that blew me out of the, I mean, totally blew me out of the water because I thought, nope, this is it. I'm healed. Why is all this happening? Why is all this being revealed? But those energetic imprints were still in my subconscious and unconscious mind. And I was still living from a victim. I was living life small. I was living life extremely small. And I didn't want to be seen. I remember my, like my Facebook profile was private. Um, I wouldn't tell people what I was really doing and not because I didn't want people to know, but I just, it was that I was fear. I was living in fear, had zero clue I was doing that. Anyway, shedding all of that has a hundred percent catapulted me into my purpose, into my purpose work of working with domestic violence survivors and human trafficking. Survivors as well.
0: Wow, wow, wow. So, what was that defining moment when you realized that you were a domestic violence victim? Oh my gosh.
1: It was when my children were kidnapped. (laughs) Yeah, my children were actually kidnapped. There's a few defining moments, but this was the one that actually made me go, This, I was, it was unbelievable what was happening. My children have been missing for about two weeks. I don't know if the law is still in place here in Utah, but at the time there was um, it was called the abandonment law. So if you didn't have contact with your children within 14 days, whichever parent the children were with, they would automatically get custody to those for those children. And so he had kidnapped my children from me. I didn't know where they were. And um I actually went straight to the department that actually handles this, because that's what I do. I always I always go straight to the people. I, I never sit there and I just cut out all the middlemen. So I went to DCFS. That's the Department of Child and Family Services. They're the ones that give custody. So... I went straight to them and I just said, hey, I just wanted you to know that if anybody's reporting my children missing, just let them, you know, I'm here to report that I am actively looking for them, but I can't find them. And I went in there just as calm as this is right here, (laughs) like as calm as I'm talking to you right now, which is also why a lot of people didn't believe me. So they actually sat there and I said, wait, is this, you know, usually we have mothers coming in here in panic mode, completely hysterical. And they like whisked me back into this office, into this room. And they said, we need you to talk to one of our therapists. And so the therapist was talking to me, trying to figure out, is this real? Is this really happening? And she had to, on a whiteboard in literally black and white, on one side, show a healthy relationship and on the other side, show an unhealthy, toxic relationship. She couldn't even use the word abuse. If she used the word abuse or violence or anything like that, I'd be like, nope, 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 that's not what this is. So she literally had to say unhealthy relationship because I did know that. I did know I wasn't being treated well. She would just um, say like a characteristic or a trait or an action or something like that. And she would say, does this happen to you? And I would say yes or no. And she would put it in these columns. And by the time she was done, I literally saw in black and white all the things that had happened to me. That was, yes, abuse. So I left there going, okay, I am in an abusive relationship. But it wasn't until I went to a domestic violence shelter to actually... So I kind of want to tell you that happened when I was splitting up my first husband and we were separating. Now, fast forward 10 years or 14 years, I don't remember the exact time, but fast forward and when I speak about trauma still happening to victims and the children and, the, and everybody that's involved, I am now sitting in a domestic violence shelter and I'm sitting there with somebody else that I'm actually supporting. And she didn't want to go. And I said, I'll go if you go, because I've never really dealt with the stuff that I've dealt with. So, because there's a lot of shame around all of this. So I go in and there's this clipboard in front of me and it's saying, to check off all the things that have happened to you within the last 48 hours. And I literally checked off every single box except for um, surviving an attempted homicide. And I have to say that even that, I hadn't ever actually been attacked in that way. But he did call my employer and had implied that he had murdered me and that I was in different places in the county and that my employer needed to go find me. And there had also been other threats and different things like that. So I could have probably checked that box if I wanted to, but I chose not to. I thought, nope, I actually haven't, because I do know how extreme and how severe these th- cases can be. So I hand in the clipboard, and then that's when they looked at this form that I had just filled out, and they whisked me, my friend's still sitting there, and they whisked me into another room. And I sit there, and I go, no, 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 I'm not the one here. You need to talk to my friend that's out there. That's who you need to talk to. She's the one here for help. And they said, but is this true what you just filled out? And I said, yes, but I'm fine. And then that's when I actually fooled more people again. It's easy to do (laughs) when you have all these walls and everything built up. I fooled them again into saying that I was okay. I was okay. But the part that actually got me into kind of what I do now is that I went, they asked me to go and speak in front of their, in front of their women. They actually said I was considered a success case and to go and talk in front of their women and share with them how I've done this. And I left that, that office going, I am an imposter, I'm a fraud. I haven't done anything. I haven't done anything to be in a healed place. I haven't done the talk therapy. I hadn't done anything to even try to talk to and speak to other women. In fact, I couldn't even talk about my story in front of people without getting very emotional. So that's whenever I started to really look into healing and checking out different modalities and being even
0: open to that. Wow. Because I thought, I've got this. I'm fine. Everything's fine. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. I'm just thinking about, I wonder like how many women and even some men that like do that, that have like that denial about like what's actually happened to them and the fact that they were actually abused in their life. And, Uh, the word that kept popping up was like, also like victim shaming, like, you know, just because someone is a victim, and it's like something that they've gone through, they're almost afraid of being shamed because of it. So like, unbelievable that that's happened to you. And like, also goes to show too like, how I mean my next question was actually what was one of the greatest transformations that you've witnessed doing the work that you do, but I actually think it's probably you <laughs> I mean coming out of that like holy smokes like being able to get to where you are now where you're able to like dive deep into all of those shadows and the places that you were hurt and actually facing it and it sounds like you were pretty good like to just put on the face of like, no, everything's fine. And then everyone would say, okay, well then she's fine. So it's just takes a lot of courage and it takes a lot of like wherewithal to like get to a place where you are ready to tackle that and to fully step into your authenticity of a healed version of self. So after you'd gone through all that, Was it actually the spiral that sort of like helped you to face all of it? A hundred percent.
1: A hundred percent. It was the spiral. You know, I'm glad that you brought up shadow work in a way because that's exactly what the spiral is. People think that shadow work is something that might be scary or it might be, you know, it's dark or, you know, all these different things. There's a lot of dogma around it, actually around even that term. But to be honest with you, when I started diving deep into shadow, and I like how you're also talking victim shaming, all of that, you know, you can be light and love all that you want, but that's only part of it. Like, yes, that kind of dips your toe into the water of like, okay, I'm going to go and I'm going to start this healing process. With me, people didn't believe me in the beginning. They really didn't because I do always have my shit together. Everything is always fine. I am that calm in the center of the storm that actually comes from the conditioning I received from my, tra- my Japanese grandmother. My Japanese grandmother was like, nobody's going to see you break.
0: (laughs) Sounds like my Spanish grandmother. Yeah.
1: (laughs) And so it's like, yeah, nobody's going to see me break. I'm not going to lie. And I can get through anything because I do have that perseverance. I do have that resilience just automatically wired in me in any way. But when I went through Spiral, it was like I did get to break. I did get to let those walls down. I did get to be vulnerable and look at those pieces of me that I had put away. And with shadow work, what I love the best about it is that I kind of say it's kind of like this, you know how nightmares are? They're like so scary, (laughs) so scary until you tell somebody about them. And then the second you tell somebody about it, you're like, oh, now I just feel stupid. That's not scary at all. And everything kind of calms down, right? Your nervous system calms down. Well, that's kind of like shadow work. You go into these shadows and you kind of look at like, where is my peace and everything. I literally went into that saying, "I'm where was my peace in this? I didn't have to stay all those years. I was there for 11 years. I didn't have to stay. I didn't have to wait until it got as bad as it did because they never, it never does. It always starts out very subtly. And I had actually a lot of shame and guilt around that, even as a mom, because now that I've learned about this ancestral peace and generational peace, anyone who is familiar with abuse does know that, that it is generational, you know, my ex-husband was abused by his father and his father was abused by his father. And, you know, I mean, it just goes on and on and on. And so I actually thought I was breaking that pattern when I left. And what I found was that I wasn't, it was still continuing on and I didn't want it to continue on anymore. So I started looking into even like, what, why did I stay? And when I started to look at the things that weren't in alignment in my life, It was like, it just blew everything, everything out of the water. And I realized that there was very few things that were in alignment with who I am and who I was in the way that I was living. It's like now it's been, I don't know how many years later, but I am not even the same person that I was then back then. Like yes, I'm the same person, but I am so much more than that. Now I'm working with these visionary leaders, people that are fighting femicide and, you know, trafficking and all these things and it's just like and people like you who are stepping out and becoming leaders in this space. We're all born to be leaders. We're all born to be empowered. We all have something in this life that only we can do. And only our message can be spread. You know, we have these gifts that are unique to us, but if they're smothered, we can't find them. We have no idea. So yeah, if you were to talk to people that knew me even five years ago, they'd be like, holy shit, who is this girl? (laughs) What's going on? But now, like what you said, I am speaking to hundreds of people. I am helping them identify because I didn't. I didn't identify. Can I go into one little thing? real quick on that identifying piece. Okay, so I'll tell you why I didn't identify with this because I've always been this person. I've always been very successful in my career. I've I've never been the shit show, I guess you could say, that you kind of get conditioned. Society's conditioned us to see what domestic violence is. You know, they kind of, I actually, at the last speaking engagement I did, I pulled ads and billboards from the domestic violence awareness campaign. And it was all these billboards of women who are battered, right they're battered they have the black eyes the bloody lips like all those things they're scared they're cowered in a corner all of that i did not identify with what i was seeing on billboards or commercials or ads because yes i had bruises all over my body yes i had chunks of hair out of my scalp. I used to have to do my hair a certain way so that you couldn't see the little chunks of hair that had been pulled out of my head and things. Yes, all of these things have been happening to me, but I didn't identify with that because it wasn't on my face. He was not somebody that would do that. He would not do he would not put marks anywhere that people could see. So, I did not identify. I didn't think my situation was that bad. I never called the police because I didn't think I thought I need to look like that before something happens. Also, I just thought it was a family matter, too. I never actually sat there. I mean, nobody wants to have the police show up at their home and all the neighbors see what's going on. You know, there was all that, too. But I literally did not identify with domestic abuse or violence
0: because of the way society has conditioned us to believe what it looks like. Mm, There's so much of that. It looks like this for it to be real. Like it's not real unless it looks like this. And so like, it's so awesome that you went in there and you like took down that stuff to kind of like put something else out there where women who are in domestic violence relationships right now who don't look like that, now they're going to have that vision because it is it is it really truly is like you have to see it like you know I know they call it like expanders like when you see something and then it's like only because you see it now it's like your mind has expanded to like oh yeah okay that's me that's actually how I identify so it's just so powerful the work that you do like it's not just with the domestic violence but it's with you have a strong passion for working with people who are visionary leaders and also, you know, the human trafficking activist work that you do, which actually, how did you get into the work of human trafficking? You know, that's actually something else too.
1: (laughs) That's a whole story. So my friend, my, well, actually I'll start with my son. My son had a childhood friend that was actually taken. and It's literally just like out of the movies. Like she was sold by friends in Las Vegas and she was, let's say she was 17 years old and she was missing for, I want to say almost two months and nobody would go out, nobody, like the parents were saying she's missing. We need to go find her. They were going to the law enforcement and everybody was saying she's a runaway because she was a little bit troubled. You know, she was a little bit rebellious, all those things. And they just kept saying, she's a runaway. That's all. She's just a missing person. She's a runaway. We can do that, you know. They really didn't take her case seriously at all. It actually took the family, her family, her parents to actually go and do their own investigative work. Thankfully she was found. She was found I think a little less than two months but by then she had already been conditioned. She already had a different name. She was already broken. She was already broken down and conditioned into being trafficked like that's what they do they break them down and they give them a whole new identity and that's that was her identity thankfully they were able to find her because a video went viral the family put out a lot of different videos and a video went viral and somebody saw the video, called the number three times for to the law enforcement, and finally on the third time they took they took him seriously. But it wasn't even law enforcement that ended up finding her. It was actually CERT Ministries, who I love and adore. They are a private nonprofit organization. And with nonprofit or with private organizations, they can often do things that law enforcement can't because of all the red tape, right? that they were able to go in and find her and get her back. But I, the trafficking, I have a passion for that as well. I mean, as you know, <laughs> the trafficking just breaks my heart. It also is everywhere, it is literally everywhere. We see it all the time. I actually did, said something the other day that kind of triggered some people because I said, I guarantee you know somebody that has had an experience with trafficking, especially sex trafficking here in America. And a lot of people are like, no, that's not true. But that's a whole nother podcast again. So trafficking is extremely common. As I was working with this organization, for me, I wanted to do the aftercare of trafficking because of the conditioning. And I saw what had happened with my son's friend. I realized that really I want to prevent. Like my passion is prevention. What I found is that a lot of these girls... Boys, too. Actually, boys are very much involved as well. They willingly go with these groomers because of domestic violence that's happening in the home. And so they are running away from something else. They have groomers and their groom to say, come with us. Will you have a better life with us? And they end up coming and actually picking up the kids. So for me, I'm like, I want to get to the root. You know me. I always go super deep. And I'm like, let's get to the root of the problem. (laughs) And so for me, whenever I, through the years, I've just discovered, like, this is where I can help. This is my expertise. This is where I can help. And let's stop this domestic violence in the home so that we can keep our kids safe.
0: Wow. I mean, spiral could like help so many of those people. Is it something that you use to work with any of the victims of the human trafficking? Yeah, actually I have. Um
1: I actually have a client who this was she was trafficked in another country and it was very interesting because she wanted to go through the spiral for something else, right? I mean, you know this, you've gone through it, so we have this desired outcome like okay, what do we where do you want to be in the end? but you never know what's really blocking you because it's all in your unconscious and subconscious. So you never know. Well, with her, she was trafficked in another country. And that's what, of course, those energetic imprints came up, right? In her conditioning along the way with the different emotions. She was blown away. She was totally blown away with that because she had never told a single soul. Not even her husband that she had been married to for 20 years. She did not tell a single soul what had happened to her. And all of those points of conditioning came up. And now she's actually talking about it. She's actually an activist
0: out there. Oh my gosh. Like, I just feel like there's so much of that. Like, there's so many. It's like secrets, but like it's secrets that are secrets from a secret. Like you don't even know that it's there. Like it's in your body. It's like it from your past, but you don't even know it's like lying to you. Like, it's not, it's like, no, no, we don't exist. But then it's like, as soon as you do like a modality like the spiral, like you were just saying that woman who went into it just feeling like, oh no, I'm just ready to up level to the next version of self. And then she's like all of a sudden she's like like I'm I'm going down this other like, you know, rabbit hole into this other thing that's happening that happened to me. And now it's going it's literally kind of like an underworld experience to kind of go through and then come out of the other side and be like, wow, like this is exactly the real work that I needed in order to get to the version of myself that I wanted to experience to begin with, which was, it takes me back to my journey too, which I'm like, that's exactly kind of what happened to me was a lot of it was like, okay, I just want to be my authentic self. I don't want to freeze up in rooms. I want to be who I am. And I feel like this modality is going to take me there. And I didn't think it was going to be like that. Like it was like, deep, dark, like secrets, like coming up to the surface. And I'm just like, Oh my gosh, like this is so much, but really journaling does help a lot. Like when you do the spiral, I was like, Lori's like, is the perfect, amazing thank God, angel from heaven that came into my life. And she was like the perfect spiral practitioner to say, Okay, you need to be journaling, you need to be doing this. And I remember I was like in preparation for this interview, I was kind of like looking back at some of like the Facebook posts that I was putting out at that time. And I remember one of the things I said about you is that like, you were able to like, look past like my own facade. Like I had such a facade when I started Spiral. I was just like, okay, like I'm gonna show up and do this thing, but this woman's never actually gonna know who I am. Like, you know, and then I'm just gonna slide out and we're, I'm, mean, we're never going to probably talk again. Like, I just thought I was going to go into this like therapy or something. And I was just going to do this thing. And then it'd be like, okay, bye. This never happened by the way, you know, but what it ended up being was you were able to just look past that and be like, okay, like you're like patiently waiting for my facade to fall away. And for me to be like voice messaging you at two o'clock in the morning, like, Aah. like I just had another shame dream. <laughs>
1: I know, but how beautiful is that, right? Because we've been conditioned to say, this is it, right? Exactly what you said. This didn't happen. I'm going to do this thing and this didn't happen and nobody's going to really know anything. But what the spiral does is it, it helps you see that your shadows and those secrets Actually, aren't secrets at all. They're actually your superpowers. This is where you become
0: empowered.
1: And it's also where you start to embrace everything that you are. When you start to embrace everything that you are, there is no shame. Like, there really is no shame. And it's actually even like a badge of honor of like, okay, cool. I went through some really heavy shit over here whenever I was younger or whatever, and that actually helps build you into who you are today. And so it's, I love the spiral because of that. I love shadow work because of that. It's not super scary. It's not any of those things. It's actually extremely light. When you can look at that and like I was able to look at, you know, gosh, talk about mom guilt, right? Mom guilt. of I stayed in this marriage (laughs) for how many years and all these things happen in front of my children. And then they, you know, they've been conditioned to think this way. And I was able to look at that and actually go no i was i was here because i believe in love i believe in family unity i believe in all these things and i can actually take my experience now i was able to forgive myself I was able to forgive my ex-husband. I was actually able to look even deeper because I actually have quite a history of domestic violence, even prior to my ex-husband that I didn't even, I used to put everything on him. And now I've been able to even look deeper into that because of course, that's why I stayed where I was because I was used to that and didn't even realize it. So I've been able to forgive so many different pieces of myself and of others that I have actually been, I've truly been able to move on. And that's how I've even been able to even speak about my story, share my story from an empowered place and a loving place too. So when, honestly, I think, I don't know, I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but what I hear over and over again is when people are finally done with their spiral journey. And it is, it's a soul's journey. It happens over the course of however long it does. But when you're done with that and you're finally integrated and you're landing, it's like, oh my gosh, I have this freedom to be who I am. I love everything about me. And then you start to show the world that, and it actually ripples out into your family, your friends, your community, like your light shines bright. So I always sit there and say shadow work is actually light work.
0: It totally is. It totally is because exactly what you were just saying, the effect that it has in your life is that you are now creating a reality from a cleared space. Whereas before, a lot of times we're creating our realities from these shadow aspects of ourselves and our blocks, and we don't realize why we keep running into the same BS over and over again, and why we can't fully step into who we know we want to be, and where we can't fully be seen the way we want to be seen, and all of the things, why aren't things aligning in my life, and it it all really does stem from that work, so shadow work is light work, and it's how you fully step into who your authenticity and your purpose work in this world, so it's so, 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 so powerful, and that is amazing, and I just want to ask you, like, what currently are you You excited about? Like what currently are you passionate about? I have two things
1: actually that are on my heart right now (laughs) that I'm so passionate about. I have something called Say Yes to Soul. It was actually designed. I designed it for clients who finished the spiral because after they're done with spiral, they're like, oh my gosh, I have this like whole new world. What do I do? What do I do with this whole new world? How do I actually start to integrate and create and design this life that lights me up. So I created Say Yes to Soul and it's a monthly membership. We go through the main areas of our lives. So like relationships, intimate, family, we go into our health and wellness, our spirituality, our service to others, just all the major areas of life. And every single month we do an emotional clearing session on it. And then we take the rest of the month to actually integrate that. So by the time you're done with 30 days, if you have like for the month of August, we're working on health and wellness in 30 days, because this is rapid transformation, even one session, you have a lot, a lot move. So in 30 days in health and wellness, by the end of August, we're going to be in a totally different place than where we were before. We are deconditioning exercise actually this week and movement, body movement, what that means and what it looks like. So an example of that would be, you know, we think working out is like going to the gym. That's why every January 1st, you see all the gyms like totally loaded. And then by what, mid-February, March, they are empty again. Because that's what people think a healthy lifestyle is and what exercise is. But the reality of it is, is we're all designed, and you know this, we talk human design all the time. We're all designed to be different, to move different, to move in a way that lights us up. So whenever we're able to have a healthy way of looking at body movement and all of that, it's easily Sustainable. So then you have a healthy lifestyle. So that's what we're learning and integrating this month. But I'm really super excited because with domestic violence and all of this, we, a lot of us are conditioned when we're survivors of domestic violence or trafficking, we are conditioned so much that we don't really know who we are, period. Like we're everything about us is you you can't be that. You can't you can't like this food. You can't dress this way. You can't watch this stuff for entertainment. You can't. I mean, honestly, everything about you is just shut down. So I've decided to start doing say Us yes to soul immersion retreats, and they are going to be self-clearing workshops the entire time you're there. So I will be teaching you this modality because I believe every single person should be able to have this tool. Every single person should have this tool so that you can learn how to self-regulate your nervous system. So in these retreats, We're actually going to be in Zion, Utah, which I don't know if people are familiar, but it's one of the most beautiful places in the world. You have these canyon walls that just hold you. So we will be doing self-clearing workshops and then integrating with nature and connecting to nature and doing all of that for three to four days. So very excited. We actually just opened it up. We only have 10 rooms available for the one. It's actually October of 2023 next year but it's going to be sold out probably within the next couple of months. So I'm really excited to share this modality with everybody and to teach this modality because that's, if we could do that, it would change the world.
0: Hmm. Yes. So that makes me super excited because I'm like, I want to go so bad. Like I'm going to try to do everything to make that happen because I have been, I do my own self-clearing based off of the book and like what you've taught me, but I, to fully integrate that is like life, to be able to have that knowledge, to be able to, you know, start to tackle it yourself, which I just want to say too, if you guys want to just you know, start to kind of understand what the spiral is, you can purchase a book, it's called clear Your shit by Dane Thomas. And it's really not very expensive at all. But I have it. And I just want to put that out there. Because if you're if you're kind of like, Oh, this sounds good. But like, tell me more Buy the book, read the book. That's what I did. And then after I read the book, I was able to like fully be like, okay, yes, like this is like, What I want to do. And so that's just an option that you can have. So I also want to ask with everything that you have going on, with all of the offerings that you have, where uh, can people look for you? Where can they find you?
1: Oh, they can just go to the website. It's lorikinsey.com. So L O R I and then K I N S E Y.com. Everything is on there. I think I even have, I think there might even be a downloadable version, free version of the book on the website. I'm not sure because it is actually under construction right now. So they may have taken it down, but it should be there. And yeah, it's there's also videos from Dane on, online as well. He's the creator and founder of Spiral. He changed my life. He's changed hundreds of thousands of people's lives with this modality. And yes, you can do this yourself. And that's what we're trying to get out into the world.
0: Well, thank you so much, Lori, for coming on. It was a pleasure to have you. And we will be putting links to all the things in the show notes. And that's where everyone can find everything Lori Kinsey and the spiral experience.